Hey, welcome to The Verified Christian, where real Christians try to live a verified Christian life. Hey folks, welcome back to The Verified Christian. I'm Casey Clement. I am your host. I'm here with your other host, Matthew Oakley-Cheney, and we also have a very special guest with us today, a good friend of ours, good preacher friend, David Dean. Thank you. It's good to be here. We're excited to have him, and like I said, we're so thankful for you all to come back and and give our podcast another listen. And we're keeping with that same idea of some do's and don'ts for the Christian. And one of those things that really sticks out to us is the importance of our giving. Yeah, many people are not very aware of it, but you know, giving back to God is a very important part of the Christian's duty. It's it's our responsibility as Christians. And we talk about being verified Christians. We talk about wanting to make certain that we are a true child of God. A true child of God gives back to God. Right. We're keeping that same idea of being a blue check mark Christian. And one of those things we have to continue to do is lay by in store um, in our giving to God. That's right. David, do you have anything to add to that? And that's just part of what it is to be a Christian is to take the time, take the opportunities that are presented to you and then return them to God as he has blessed you. That's right. You know, when we think about every dispensation, every every period of time since the creation of man all the way up till now, God has always expected something from man. He's expected something from Adam. He's expected something from uh, you know, from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses all the way on till now. And so why should today be any different? If anything, we should be even more inclined to give. Uh, you figure how the patriarchs lived, how the Mosaic Age, how it was worked, then you consider Christians, we have the most to be thankful for. We have the most to desire to return. You know, that's a wonderful point because... You know, the patriarchs, they had the ability to look forward to the cross. They had a promise that that they were given, especially the Abrahamic promise. From Abraham on, they had the promise that was given to Abraham that the Messiah would come, and they could look forward to that, and they could be thankful to God and give back to God because of the promise. Well, now that that has already occurred, now that that has already been given, we have been given the absolute greatest gift that could ever even be imagined. Mm -hmm. And so we should be thankful, and we should be, just as you said, even more grateful than those who were before us. That's a great point. With all the modern things we have to enjoy today, all the conveniences, I think you're absolutely right with that point. We should be even more inclined to give back to God with all the things that we have today. That's right. You know, when we think about uh, Cain and Abel, you know, going all the way back to Cain and Abel, uh, just after the garden, you know, Abel brought forth the firstlings of his flock. He brought the he brought the the best of his flock, and he gave a good gift to the Lord. Cain, you know, I think so many times we think Cain didn't give a very good gift at all, and and I don't know that that is an accurate description of the issue. The issue was he did not give as God demanded. And I think maybe one reason, this is just how my mind works, I think maybe it is that 
Cain gave the best of what he thought was most important and not what God thought was most important. Right. And God won't accept just any offering. He won't. And, you know, I'll give you something else to consider. And I know you, you know, pointed out this a little bit, but when you look at Cain and Abel's sacrifice, you look at what they offered, it says that Abel gave the first of the flock. That's right. There's a distinction there. Cain gave what he had. That's right. He didn't give the best. He didn't give the first. We, we see grain offerings in the in the law of Moses. That's right. Cain he, just didn't give what God wanted and that, to the extent that God wanted it. That's exactly right. And that's Genesis 4, 4 and 5 for those of you who may be wondering. But th- that's a very excellent point. God just will not accept any, any special offering. Uh, just because we think something's good or great doesn't mean that God does. And we have to we have to keep that in mind when we think about what we're sacrificing, what we're giving up. Is it something that God wants? That ought to be a very good question that we ask ourselves. Well, I think it's important too. We need to make the assumption that God demonstrated what He wanted from both of them. That's exactly so. And in some aspect, Cain did not follow what God wanted, because um, God throughout Scripture tells us how we can be pleasing to Him. And it's no different with Abel and Cain's sacrifice to God. They were told what's pleasing, and they were to follow it as he commanded it. The book of Hebrews points that out. I mean, that's how else could Abel be faithful if he did not know what was required of him? That's exactly right. You know, I think it's important, too, to remember that God cares about what we give him. Not only does he... And we'll talk more about this in a moment, but he lays out for us to tell what he expects from us, just as he did for Cain and Abel and others, all the way throughout the Old Testament uh, up until now. But, you know, even Jesus Christ was concerned about the things that were given and, and the way that people gave. You know, you go to Mark chapter 12 and verse 41. In Mark 12 and verse 41, the Bible says, And he sat down over against the treasury and beheld how the multitude cast money into the treasury. Um, I, I find it difficult to believe that Jesus just wanted to see people put money in, in, in some kind of plate. I, I think it was more to it than that. I, think, I don't think Jesus was just concerned about how much money can we raise. I think he was more concerned with the the attitude, the type of heart with which people did give. There's no doubt about that. He... Absolutely. Uh, Jesus is not a salesman working on commission thinking, all right, that's my cut. That's right. Uh, yeah. But, you know, God has always given specifics. God is a God of specificity. Yeah, you consider what happened with Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus chapter 10. Um, I, I, I'm over here chuckling because always, for some reason, I always get Nadab and Abihu and Ananias and Sapphira mixed up. I don't know why. Uh, one's in Leviticus 10 and one's in Acts chapter 5, which we'll get to Ananias and Sapphira in a moment. But, but you know, when you think about Leviticus chapter 10 and Nadab and Abihu, God, he demanded a specific type of fire. And to me, fire's fire. I mean, I can get burnt with you know, a cigarette lighter just as much as I can a campfire or house fire or anything. Fire's fire. But God was specific in the type of fire that he required of them. And, you know, you read Leviticus chapter 10, you see the consequences of just thinking any old fire will do when God specified 
the specific type from the specific place. The offering that he desires is very specific. And so uh, God cares about what's offered to him. Absolutely. And he, he's always concerned with the manner in which we, we do the sacrifice, even in our worship and our giving. He's always looking at the heart. We see several examples in Scripture of God examining the inner man and in everything. That's right. you know, in our lives and how we go about things, you know, and I'm going back to the Old Testament where he says that these pieces, these people worship me with, with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That's right. And, and even in our giving and in our worship, he's always examining our heart. And that's the same case with, with every case of giving and laying by in store in any kind of way that we do it. The heart of a man is what God looks for. Uh, that's what he did with King David. That's what he does with... All his people, he examines the heart, and we have to do what he says, how he says it, but we also have to do it with the proper attitude. With the the heart, the, the heart. Know, what's the what's the old adage? Uh, a matter of the heart is the heart of the matter. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and that goes back to even what Samuel, First Samuel fifteen. You remember the 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 command that God gave to Saul to go and utterly destroy those of Amalek, and and he did not fully obey the word of God. And Samuel was very distraught in 1 Samuel 16. God reminded him, you know, God doesn't see a man as man sees man. He looks on the inward part of the man, on the heart of the man. And that's exactly what Mark 12 verse 14 was talking about, how Christ was examining how people were throwing in the money. That's right. He wasn't concerned with the quantity. He was concerned with the quality of the heart of the giver. Right. Consider the widow and the two mites. Precisely. And she put in all that she had. It did not in, come in comparison to what those of the other or the people that were throwing in as far as the how much money it was. Rather, it was the the heart of putting all that she had into it. She had the proper heart. The others were making a show of how much they were putting in, which was the wrong attitude. Which in our culture is so difficult for people to understand because they think, well, you know. My thousand bucks sure trumps your five dollars, but if my five dollars is the last I have and I put it in the plate with the desire to have the Lord's work be accomplished and you're just putting jump change in, that's a big difference. Right. And man, our society is so focused on the, the monetary value of, of the dollar bill. It's really sad. Um, I've heard some horror, horror stories from some friends of mine that, that say, well, well, what do you do for a living? Well, um, I'm this, and I make this much money. Oh, I got you beat. I make $15,000 more than you a year. You know? And that's yeah. the kind of conversations we have. We are so focused on that stuff while, while Christ is focused really on the heart. It doesn't matter how much money we have or influence right. of the world that we have. But people today relate monetary value with influence, power, all these things. That's just vain. That's right. And a lot of times Christians fall into that trap of allowing vanity to dictate in their mind what they think is best or who's done the most or who's the greatest in the kingdom because, well, I gave more than them or they gave more than me and so I I need to do better next time or, or whatever. And all of those things, that's not how God looks on things. And, you know, we're talking about this, and and I made mention of Ananias and and Sapphira a moment ago. And so I want to go to Acts chapter 5 for a moment, and I want us to notice this. Because you made mention of those who are able to give, and you gave the hypothetical $1,000, right? You know, um, I I don't know very many 
church members that they give that kind of contribution. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a rarity at, at times in places. And, you know, that might be a good thing, but I'm also reminded, what is it, Matthew 5, where, where Jesus says, you know, in giving alms, you ought not let your right hand know what the left hand giveth, uh, or, or I might have misquoted that. Read the whole Bible, it'll do you good. <laughs> and, and, uh, but uh, nevertheless, um, you know, you have those individuals that they want people to know how much they gave, and they want that. It's the praise of men that the same attitude Ananias and Sapphira had. That's exactly right. And so, and that's what I want us to notice. In, in Acts chapter 5, um, Ananias and Sapphira are listed there as selling a possession. doesn't tell us what kind of possession. doesn't tell us how big of a track of land or, or whatever it is. Um, but they sold a possession, and the Bible says they kept back part of the price. And I don't know how many times I've heard preachers say that was the sin. The sin was keeping back part of the price. That's uh, not. I'm sorry, that's not correct. Mm -hmm. It's not that they kept back a part of the price. It's they made a promise to the church, to the apostles, and to God that they were going to give the proceeds of the selling of the possession to the church for the work of the Lord. And then they kept back part of that as their own. And so in Acts 5 and verse 4, Peter says to Ananias, well, verse 3, he says, why, is Satan, why have you allowed Satan to fill your heart? That you lie to the Holy Ghost and you've kept back a price of the land. When you read just verse 3, it sounds like, well, okay, maybe the keeping back the part of the price of the land, maybe that was the sin. But no, verse 4 is very plain. Peter says, while it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own power? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? There again, the heart is mentioned. You have not lied unto men, but you've lied unto God. And so the sin was the lie itself. Which goes right back to, you know, as I mentioned, there's the heart. They had a heart, they just had the wrong heart. Right, and Galatians 6, verse 7, the Bible tells us, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. He sees the overall picture of our giving. And part of the problem with Ananias and Sapphira and their giving, uh, holding back a price of the, of the land, was that they were doing so in the wrong motive. They were looking at the praise of men rather than giving the whole to the church. Um, so there's the issue with that. I mean, they would have been perfectly good to have taken that and said, hey, look, we need half of it. Uh, sorry, we need this half, but we want to give this to God. No one would have complained. No one would have said anything about it. Right, but the overall thing is God sees it all. That's God it. is not mocked, and he will not be mocked. He sees everything. You know, we can deceive men, and we can receive clout from others because of deception and things to that nature. But God sees through all of that. He sees to the very thought and intent of the heart. That sounds like a Bible verse, doesn't it? The Hebrews you know, 4.12? Casey, how many times have you seen and heard of people, oh, well, that's just the greatest person in the world, and a year or two later, you find out some horrible truth about them, mm -hmm. some reality, and you know, they're in jail, or they're, they're this or that, and people can be deceived. Right, Ananias and Sapphira, they lost their life because of their lie, because of keeping back... Um, the price of the land and, and their motive behind it. So we need to be very careful with, you know, our giving and the attitude we should have 
and our giving. That's exactly right. So it's very evident then that God is not just expecting something from us. He is actually very interested in what we give and how we give and and what kind of heart or attitude with which we give. Which goes right back to what Paul tells the church at Ephesus. Ephesians 6.6, Not with eye surface as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, do the will of God from the heart. And then add verse 7 to that, With good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. You know, that's an excellent point. And next week, we're going to discuss a little bit more of that in detail. And we'll also look at Colossians chapter 3. We'll look at a lot of other verses about the things that we can do to give unto the Lord. And we're not just talking about financial, monetary giving. We're going to talk about the things that we can do to give back to our Lord and be verified Christians. You've been listening to the Verified Christian Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Give us a rating or review and subscribe so you won't miss any content. If you have any questions, email the verified Christian at gmail.com. Thank you.